0: My name is Queen Zoya Counts and I would like to welcome you to my podcast Miss Z's Storytelling. This podcast is about me reading short stories and fiction stories as well as non-fiction stories for all my listeners to enjoy. Thank you for listening to Miss Z's Storytelling. Crystal, I didn't want to leave, but when 10 o'clock rolled around and Noah started looking at his watch and Deca began looking at his, I thought that, yeah, it was time to go. After Geneva retired to her bedroom in a huff, the rest of us decided that there was no sense in wasting all that good food, and so the celebration continued on without her. I gave Charlie a kiss on her cheek and gave Deca a hug. Hey, you're trembling, he said. I pulled away from him. Am I? I think I might be coming down with something. I lied and started quickly heading towards the door. I'll give you a call next week. Dika said, okay. Hey, man, it was nice seeing you. Noah said, extending his hand. Same here, Dika replied as they shook. Don't worry, Miss Geneva is just probably going through menopause or something. Noah joked. Dika just shrugged his shoulders and pulled the door open. Arms linked, Noah and I started across Columbus Avenue towards Central Park. I'm so glad you're home, Noah. Me too. We hadn't really had a conversation, what, with Geneva's episode and Charlie dominating our time by singing every song she learned since preschool. But there was something else, too. After the scare I'd had, my mind was floating. But Noah seemed just as occupied, and I didn't feel like it had anything at all to do with Chevy. You okay? You okay? I asked me sure why you seem a little distant tonight I think you're confusing me with you okay so whatever was going on in Noah's life he wasn't quite ready to talk about it I completely understood (laughs) I'm fine I laughed and unlinked my arm from his skipping a few paces ahead I stretched my arms out by my sides and yelled it's spring and all is right with the world and the oscar goes to noah walked me to my door and as much as i tried i couldn't get him to come upstairs i really didn't want to be home alone tonight nah miss thing maybe next weekend we can do the slumber party thing noah said looking up at the sky but tonight i'm sleeping in my own bed okay I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. Don't be giving me those big old puppy dog eyes. That only works on straight men. He chastised before hugging me tight. Call me when you get home so that I know that you're safe. Okay. Noah blew me a kiss over his shoulder. (sighs) Will do. This was one time I was happy that there were cameras in the hallways and elevators. That was one civil right. I was more than happy to give up if it meant keeping me safe from the likes of Kendrick Green. I didn't know he was out of jail, and there wouldn't be any reason for me to know as I stopped communicating with him the day he flooded my apartment, stole my jewelry, and was arrested on national television in connection with some drug bust. He'd written me dozens of letters from jail telling me how much he loved me. He apologized for what he had done to me. I read every line of every letter, but I never wrote back. He had humiliated me, stolen from me, lied to me. But worst of all, he had broken my heart. I'd worked hard at trying to put him out of my mind. And finally, I succeeded. So I almost had a coronary when I turned to the voice that called my name and my eyes like with the ones of Kendrick Green. Crystal. He was propped up against a black cabriolet convertible dressed in a pair of jeans, brown loafers, and a white t-shirt that said, dream. When I just stood there staring, he pressed his palm against his chest. It's me, Kendrick. I know who the hell he was. I was just caught in a state of disbelief. He was still as handsome as I remembered. He put on some weight, but it looked good on him. Hi, I croaked and took a step backwards. Kendra looked around nervously. He didn't seem to know what to say. Where where do I begin? You begin at the beginning, right? Kendra took another step towards me. I didn't move. I couldn't move. I guess it would have sounded real cliché to tell you that I've changed, but I have. I could smell his cologne and it smelled good. It smelled damn good. I felt myself beginning to swoon. God, after all these years, this man still had power over me. I spent three years in that federal prison trying to figure out how I would make it up to you when I was released. I got out on December 16th, and it took me from that day till now to gather up enough confidence to come here. I waited. To tell you the truth, I still don't know how to make it up to you, but I figured maybe I can start by taking you to dinner. Dinner? What do you say? Kendrick's voice was warm, soft, pleading. What do I say to that? Let's see. You move into my apartment under the pretense of the possibility of marriage. And then when you get settled in, you stop working, which leads to you asking me for money, which I gave you. But apparently that wasn't enough because you begin to steal from me to support the drug habit that I am oblivious about. You stop bathing yet. I come home to a flooded apartment because you left the water running in the bathtub, leaving me with a thousands of dollars in damages. And then I watched the evening news to see my man, my boyfriend, the high profile investment banker that I have planned to marry and start a family with being hauled out of an apartment in handcuffs. Later, I found out that you have assaulted your female drug pusher and tried to escape with her product. But because you are the son of Aldrich Green and the heir to Green Investments, an investment company that has been a constant on the Fortune 500 list, because of all that, you get a tap on the wrist, three years jail time and 10 years probation. You practically ruined my life. And now here you are proposing to fix all that with a meal. That's what I should have said. But instead, I said, I don't think it's a good idea and stepped around him and started quickly down the street. I'm going to keep coming back until you talk to me, Crystal, he said as I hurried away. I love you. I was sprinting by then. Now here I was lying in bed, replaying his words in my head and all the good times we had had together. I curled my arms around myself and was instantly reminded of his touch and how he felt inside of me. I flipped over onto my side and forced myself to conjure up all the bad feelings he left with me. I made a mental list, two columns, good and bad, and somehow, I don't know, the good column seemed to go on for my. Geneva. By the time I came out of the bedroom, everybody was gone except Dika, who was slumped over on the couch, snoring. Charlie was also asleep, stretched out beside him, one arm wrapped around Pooh Bear. I walked over and turned the television off then lifted Charlie up and took her to bed. When I returned, Dika was awake and stretching his arms above his head. You feeling better, Geneva? I felt ashamed. I'd planned the perfect day and then I'd gone and ruined it. I went and sat beside my man. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I behave that way. Dika wrapped his arm around my shoulder and pulled me to him. Do you think maybe you should see somebody about it? I snapped away from him. See somebody like who? A shrink? Dika nodded his head and reached for me again, but I shrinked away. Do you think I'm crazy? I didn't say that. Well, what are you saying? I just think that if you're having these wild mood swings, something has to be wrong. And maybe you should. I jumped up from the couch. That's what they told my uncle Albert. You're depressed. Go talk to somebody about it. And he did. And you know what the somebody did to him? I was pacing frantically and wringing my hands. Deca just gave me a solemn look. They locked him up in a crazy house. Geneva, calm down. Get out! I screamed and walked into my bedroom, slamming the door behind me. The following morning, found me standing on the scale, the flat carousel of numbers spinning rapidly beneath the glass and then shifting indecisively back and forth beneath the needle until finally coming to a stop-dead center on two twenty-five. I'd lost three more pounds. Happy, I stepped off the scale and walked naked into the kitchen where my bottle of biothin pills was waiting on the table. I opened the top, plucked out two pills, and dropped them in my mouth. An hour later, I was strolling into the diner. My head held high, imagining that my weight loss was visible to everybody. Good morning, I sang out as I ran at the counter and moved into the kitchen. Arthur, the cook, looked up and laughed. (laughs) you're in a good mood Geneva would you eat a cow over the weekend or something his comment stopped me dead in my tracks Arthur and I had had a love hate relationship for years we were both overweight although he was grossly obese and couldn't take more than two steps at a time without wheezing. in fact he'd grown so big over the past year that he was now using a cane to get around but I had to give it to him he knew how to burn some pots Arthur had owned a restaurant in Harlem for a number of years called Vessie's. But when Bill Clinton moved into the neighborhood and the rents tripled, he had to leave the space he operated from for more than 20 years. Starbucks replaced him. And now he had to walk by it every day, jostling his way around yuppies and buppies carrying five dollar cups of coffee. Progress. He joked about his weight all the time. Me, I never joined in on that humor, but he knew that I loved to eat. And every now and again, he would make comments like the one that just sailed out of his mouth. Drop dead, I sang as I rushed past him into the storage space that doubled as the employee locker room. He just stomped all over my good mood. I thought as I tied my apron around my waist, I'll show his fat ass, I said aloud as I dug into my pocketbook and pulled out my pills. Noah. I could hear the music a block away. I thought it was a strange that someone was having such a loud party on a block filled with senior citizens. The closer I got to my house, the louder the music became until finally I was just three hours away and figured out that the music was coming from my new neighbor's front window. What the fuck? I slowed when I got in front of their house. I half expected the front yard to be filled with people clutching forties and tightly rolled joints, but instead, Instead, I found two young men sitting on the front steps. Both was dressed in long white t-shirts and colorful pajama bottoms. Their heads were tied with red do-rags and they laughed loudly as they passed a blunt between them. My eyes rolled from them and up to the parlor window where two large speakers thumped out Sylvester's version of you are my friend. This can't be happening, I thought to myself as I averted my eyes and climbed the steps to my front door the music seemed louder inside my house than it did on the street i walked in circles for a minute trying to figure out what to do i moved to the kitchen picked up the phone and started to dial 911 but just as the operator answered i chickened out and hung up it would be obvious to them that i was the one who called i'm sure they saw the look of disapproval on my face i didn't want any trouble from those people and they looked like they loved trouble okay then I would have to take care of it myself, approach them like the mature adult I am and ask very nicely, of course, if they wouldn't mind turning down the volume just a pinch. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I headed back out the front door down the steps. Hey, I said, pushing their gate open and stepping into their territory. I'm Noah Bodison, your neighbor, I said, extending my hand. The two men looked at me, my hand, and then at each other, but said nothing. I slowly lowered my arm back down to my side. I was wondering if you could turn down the volume some. It's pretty late and I have to get up early in the morning. The two men continued to stare as if I was speaking a foreign language. After a while, one of them smirked and then turned to the other and picked up the conversation again. Um, excuse me. Can you please turn the music down? I said, raising my voice. I felt my patience slipping away, and I didn't care that the two men were twice my height and weight and could easily snap me like a twig. They looked at me again, and the one who currently had a possession of the blunt sucked on the tip, <sighs> sending a plume of smoke in my direction. I, well, thank you, I said, and started back toward my house. Once inside, I waited for the music's decibel level to decrease. But after 10 minutes, it remained the same. Fucking motherfucking fucks. This is just my luck, I thought, as I climbed the stairs to my bedroom. I finally get rid of Chevy, and now the entire cast of Meet the Browns is living next door. Crystal, this is just great, I thought, as I sat on the toilet, peering down into my underwear. My period had come in on a Monday morning. This was not the way I wanted to start my week. I slid off the soil, Victoria's Secrets, stood and stepped into the shower. I allowed myself to become lost beneath the powerful pulsating jets I'd had installed a year earlier. It had been a pricey investment, but my life had become so dismal that very often my morning shower was the best part of my day. After I got dressed, I popped two dolls and headed out the door. The day was starting off wonderful, and even though the weatherman had called for rain, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, which annoyed me to no end because I'd worn a raincoat and had lugged my long black umbrella. When I got to the 86th Street Station, the platform was packed with wall-to-wall people, which told me that the MTA was acting the fool again. Finding a small space, I turned the volume up on my iPod and allowed Kirk Franklin to wash over me. Good morning, Miss Atkins. Sharia, my new assistant, greeted me brightly. I threw an unenthusiastic morning at her as I started towards my office. Sharia jumped up from behind her desk and followed me. Her hands were full of papers as she briefed me on the meetings and conference calls I had scheduled for the day. And oh, those came for you early this morning, she said, as she pointed across the room at the flower arrangement that sat on the glass table by the window. I moved towards them, and the closer I got, the lovelier they became. It was a beautiful arrangement of tropical flowers. Oh, Navelle, I sighed as I reached for the card. Maybe this Monday my shower wouldn't be the highlight of my day. Can I get you a cup of coffee, Miss Atkins? Sharia asked as she placed the pile of mimbos and faxes on my desk. Yes, please, decaf, a little cream, and no sugar. I said in a faraway voice as I settled myself into my chair and lifted the small flap of the envelope that came attached to the arrangement. Will do, Miss Atkins, and don't forget your first conference call is in ten minutes. I nodded as I pulled the card from the envelope and began to read, Crystal, I love you with all my heart. You are the one and only woman for me. Love, Kendrick. Before I even knew what I was doing, I flung the card across the room as if it were loca- laced with some deadly substance. I looked over at the flowers. Why was he doing this to me? I stood and wrapped my arms around myself. My stomach was tied into knots. There were goosebumps on my arms and I began to pace walking over to the window. I peered down at the people on the sidewalk. Was he down there watching, waiting? My head began to ache. Hadn't I made myself clear the other night? Could his persistence be still? considered stalking maybe i should call the police report him this behavior had to be in violation of his probation okay girl pull yourself together i told myself you're becoming paranoid it was one unannounced visit and now flowers that's how it starts doesn't it a small voice echoed in my head miss atkins i spun around my god shiria said walking towards me are you okay you're as white as a sheet somehow I made it through the day three conference calls two meetings and a luncheon at Sapa a ritzy Vietnamese restaurant on 24th street I've been distracted all day and it showed a number of times during the meetings when I asked the question I had to have the person to repeat him or herself because my mind was on my problem and not on the task at hand I was jumpy too I half expected Kendrick to come storming into the conference room. And at one point at supper, I thought he was one of the waiters. By six o'clock, I knew I had become completely unfoiled because when my phone rang, I nearly jumped right out of my chair. Shiria was gone for the day, so it was on me to answer the phone. I watched the red light blink on and off as the phone continued to ring. I knew on the fifth ring it would automatically go into voicemail and that's just what it did but then the next extension lit up and started ringing this went on for a good 10 minutes until finally i thought that i was going to lose my mind grabbing my purse i bolted out of my office i lorded in the lobby for a while until i was sure kendrick green wasn't lurking outside on the sidewalk when i did gather up enough nerve to step outside and headed straight for the curb and threw my hand up to a cab This could get expensive, I thought, as I shelled out the $18 fare to the driver. Do you see a black Cabriolet parked anywhere? I asked as I peered nervously out the window. What do I look like? Are you a detective or something? He snarled at me. Climbing out of the taxi, I looked left and right before sprinting to the entrance of my building. Miss Atkins, welcome home. The doorman greeted me. Has anyone come by looking for me? No, I don't believe so. Obviously amused by my strange behavior, but I just came in at four. The cameras are still working in the elevators and in the hallways, right? I said, wringing my hands. Yes, I believe so. Are you okay? I'm good, I'm good, I said, and walked to the back of the elevators. A long, hot shower and a cup of tea later, I felt a bit calmer. Just as I was getting ready to put on some smooth jazz, the phone rang. Looking at the caller ID, I saw that it was Geneva. Hey, girl, I got fired today. Geneva didn't sound upset. What? Why? I attacked a customer, she said flatly, and I could hear her pulling on a cigarette. You did what? He called me a cunt. Geneva, I'll get unemployment, though, so whatever. Whatever? You sound really calm about it. You know if you need some money... I'm fine. I just wanted you to know, she said. And before I could say another word, I heard a soft click followed by a dial tone. I stared at the phone for a minute. Geneva was certainly acting bizarre. I started to call her back, but then changed my mind. I had my own problems to deal with. Chevy. If I could smell myself, I'm sure that the 10 other passengers in the elevator could smell me too. It's amazing what happens to your body after not bathing for 72 hours. I jumped off the elevator. The long hallway that led to the double glass doors used to be covered in white carpet. A geisha-like woman could greet you just as you stepped off the elevator and take off your shoes. That was no longer. The white carpet had been replaced with industrial-strength blood red, and who knew what happened to the geisha girl? I guess that's what happens when a privately-owned company goes public. Good, I whispered to myself as I pushed through the glass doors. I beat the receptionist here. I peeked down the long corridor. All was quiet, but I still tiptoed my way towards my office. I had to be careful as possible. One of these over-enthusiastic brown-nosing employees trying to make points with Anja could be lurking behind any one of those closed office doors. I reached my office, slowly opened the door, and ducked in. I was hurrying into the bathroom. I turned on the shower full blast. Just as the bathroom was starting to fill up with steam, I caught sight of myself in the the wall-length mirror and almost fell over in shock my skin coloring was two shades darker than usual raising my hand to my face i pressed my index finger against my cheek and slowly allowed it to travel down to my jawline a clean line appeared i was covered in grime jumping into the shower i scrubbed myself almost raw and when i was done in there i leaned over the granite sink and brushed my teeth until my gums began to bleed my weave was dripping wet I didn't have a blow dryer, so I dried it best I could with the large and thirsty towels Anja had brought in special from Thailand. It wouldn't be a problem, really. I'd had my hairdresser sewn in the wet and weave synthetic hair, a change from the bone straight I've been sporting all winter. I lotioned my skin with Kyle's Body Cream, sprayed my neck and wrist with Marc Jacobs Nudes Fragrance, and then wrapped the moss colored towel tightly around me and walked into my office. What the fuck? I yelled. Latangie was hovering over my desk her hand resting on the papers in my inbox oh I thought I heard the shower running I was just going to check to see if um the pipes had broken what kind of lie was that this girl was dealing with the master she had a lot to learn I just glared at her she gave me an innocent smile before her eyes crawled over me wild weekend huh Get out, I ordered, walking towards the door and pulling it open. Latangia didn't say a word. She just batted her long lashes at me and sat shade through the doorway. Me, I slammed the door shut so hard the vibrations could be felt out on the sidewalk. I'd been trying to get down to accounting for hours, but Andre was in Mexico shooting me email after email concerning her Memorial Day extravaganza. By 2 o'clock, I'd taken care of most of her requests and so headed down to the 28th floor where Human Resources and Accounting were located. Chevenise, Myra Goldberg, a wall-eyed, frizzy-haired, my multirational sister greeted me. How are you? Fine. I was curt. I just wanted to get to the basement. And get to the business at hand. Now, on the phone, you said you wanted to get it advanced on your paycheck, right? I nodded my head and focused my vision over Myra's shoulders and on the potted thickest i hated looking dead on at Mara. the first time i'd met her it freaked me out because i wasn't sure if she was talking to me or the empty space beside me i kept looking to my right and find myself moving to my right and attempt to put myself directly in her line of vision apparently i was it just didn't seem that way to me yes how much are you hoping for hoping seven hundred dollars by my take home after tax and health insurance was usually about a thousand. I had opted to contribute to the retirement plan. Shit, I needed all my money now. Who said I would live long enough to retire? Hmm. Myra sounded thoughtful as she pecked away at the keyboard before her. Give me your social, please. I called it out and ticked it off in my mind. The New York City hotels that Anja had a good relationship with. They were all luxury properties. I could probably finagle a room for about $50 a night. Maybe I'd even stay for a week or two. I'd show Noah throwing me out, putting his hands on me like I was some... Well, it seems, Chevenix, that you've got quite a few creditors garnishing your check, including Uncle Sam, Myra advised in a tight voice. I could tell right then that she was not fond of people who could not handle their finances. Excuse me? The federal government, Myra's tone was clipped, and when she leaned back in her leather chair for a moment, I swear her eyes lined up perfectly. Not only them, but... Myra leaned forward again, her index finger poised over the enter button on the keyboard. American Express, enter. Citibank Visa, enter. Lord and Taylor, enter. Saks Fifth Avenue, enter. And of course, your Malumaloo membership. My mouth went dry. They were all garnishing my check at the same time. That can't be right. There's a law. I racked my brains to remember only two garnishments at a time or something. The room began to swim and I felt like I was going to faint. Myra leaned back in her chair again and folded her arms across her pudgy stomach. That used to be the rule, but it changed right along with the bankruptcy laws last year. Yes, yes, I was going to faint. How much? How much can I get? Myra's right eye Move slowly to the screen. Well, in total, your garnishments add up to nine hundred twenty-four dollars and twenty-five cents, leaving you with a take-home pay of one fifty-six seventy-five. I passed out cold. Mm 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 mm. Man, here we are. Now I got an idea about what is making Geneva act weird i got an idea y'all probably should have figured this out by now Noah got to deal with them crazy ass neighbors chevy if 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 shit ain't hitting the fan for her i mean it seems like her life is just falling all apart and then we got crystal with an ex coming back into the picture come back next week because we're gonna try to tighten this thing up here now and We're going to listen and see what else will start to happen. Peace.